There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The boyhood dream! I'm going as well. Uh, but we are here right now via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean, as far away from Cardiff and 2022 as we almost could possibly be, as we are in 1996, heading into the new generation era 2.0 in the World Wrestling Federation. Who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter with that portfolio, alongside the Mulligan to my O'Hare from Cultaholic.com, the rambunctious Jackie Orlando, known as Jackins. Hello. Hello, friend. We're doing this back-to-back from the SummerSlam one. We, yeah, we, we are. No, Mania. WrestleMania. Of course. Do you know what's funny? Is that earlier on, I was doing the notes for it, and I wrote SummerSlam twice. Yeah. I don't know why I keep thinking SummerSlam. It's because we're in the summer. It's, the sum- <laughs> it's, it's because it's a main event in the summer, so my brain's yeah. gone, SummerSlam. It's not. It's WrestleMania. Yeah. WrestleMania 12, and you got to witness uh, Aiden Gibbons. In full force for the first time ever. He had a lovely time, didn't he? He, he, Yeah, wonderful time. He had a lovely, lovely time. So we'll be, you know what, if you want him back, tell us so. (laughs) If you don't say anything, we'll assume you don't. Yeah. And we'll sack him. We won't sack him. I I don't have the power. (laughs) Yeah, but we know people that do. Yeah. We'll have a word. We'll just say, we'll just just start some rumours about him. He's been stealing mugs. He's been stealing (laughs) mugs. He's been stealing hearts is what he's been doing. Um, <laughs> what was that noise? Uh, the one thing that's changed since yesterday is that we sat here yesterday and did WrestleMania whilst the heat wave uh, bent all the items out of shape because it was so bloody hot again. Yes. Today, it's flipping raining. Yeah. So happy. Oh, me too. <sighs> I really, I've just, last night, it felt like it was going to rain. We were quite excited in my house because it's like our home gets very hot when, when there's the slightest bit of sunshine. And like, oh, the idea of it raining through the night. Having the rain banging against the window. Oh, it's lovely. Didn't quite get it. We're getting it today. Mm. Thunderstorms on the horizon as well, which I'm very excited about. Uh, it's nice for you because it means you get to wear one of your jackets again. 
as you can see on the Patreon. <laughs> I hope it doesn't rain directly after this podcast. I know it's spitting at the moment, but I need to get to town to get a big mailer bag to um, ship off a coat. Oh, okay. Yeah. When do you need? When are you sending it off? Um, soon. G- general bit of life admin. This. Uh, I'm going into town after today. After after I finish my shift today, so I can pick up one for you if you want. Well, I need to have a if look. It saves you because I bought a pack of them online, thinking they'd be big enough. And I've done it before when sending shoes, and I've gone mm. in and got a box and been like, "That's big enough." So I do need to spend a good ten minutes looking at it. So I could come with you. Oh. Mm. We can walk. We can hold hands again. Oh, look at that. That'd be a lovely day. That'd be almost as lovely a day as the day I had going through our mailbag. Oh, oh, what a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a pro, what a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a pro. Before we go into the uh, the rigors of WWF from the beginning of April in 1996, uh, we will take a look at the real world in 1996 and answer some of your questions from the mailbag. Two beauties this week. Thank you very much for these. Uh, hello, Mr. Campbell and Mr. Orlando. Thank you for all the joyful silliness and banter you bring to these classic reviews. As I sit here chowing down on my burger from British Bulldogs Meat King franchise, Oof. now open in America, I've been wondering about something. How did Mr. Orlando's delightful moniker come to be? Particularly the rambunctious part. Were other adjectives considered? Inquiring minds and word nerds alike would like to know. Thanks for all the laughs. Best wishes, Glenn Dallas. Well, Thank Glenn. You, Glenn. I think we might have <laughs> mentioned it many moons ago. Yes, the, we the did. The origin of Jackie Orlando. But you know what? For for new audiences, it's nice to to yeah. reset the scene. Well, Aidan and I were talking about this yesterday, actually, because obviously we write about wrestling. We fixate upon wrestling. We think, oh, what would my wrestling character be? And for years, I always said I'd be Jackson Tradition. <laughs> yes, um, I remember this conversation. And it would be, you know, just like a, a traditional style manager. Um. Fraser Porter would be Matt Riley. <laughs> the most boring possible name. Apologies if you're Matt Riley, but come on. Um, <laughs> that you could imagine for a wrestler. Yeah. Aiden said he'd be the miracle child, Aiden Gibbons. <laughs> Keeping the Gibbons part, of course. Yeah, of course. Um, and you, the, the, the first class male. First class male, the wrestling postman. Yeah. That's, it was, it's, no, it's not a, a play on my name at all. I just like the idea of a wrestling postman. And there are a couple on the scene, which I've been made aware of. Mm. Uh, but I'd like to be another one. I'd like to be a wrestling postman. Yeah. First class male. And yours, dot, dot, dot. So I was Jackson tra- Tradition. And then um, Fraser, when doing some of his social media bits, just put, what would your wrestling character be? And I and Aiden replied, uh, Aiden the Jolly Ball Gibbons. And I was like, all right, we're getting new ones, are we? And yeah. I just went, I'm the rambunctious Jackie Orlando. And then <laughs> I think all of us in the office just went, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Jackie Orlando sounds like a big name. Yeah. That's a big like wrestling name, that is. I'd say would never get higher than the WCW TV title. No, no, you're no. very much a mid card. You're very Jack. The name Jackie Orlando is a mid card guy that looks at the crowd and goes, "Come on, baby!" <laughs> Gives it a bit of that. Like you ain't going to be a spooky boy. You no. ain't going to be an intimidating boy. You might have a heel run where you wear sunglasses and go, "These people," but that's about as as, as bad as it'll get. Otherwise, mid card hand clapping, high fiving, "Come on, baby!" Heel. Frills, yeah, frilly jacket. That's it. That's um, it. You do a swift drop kick and then. Posture to the crowd, yeah. As they, as, they, as all the, the the females cheer you, <laughs> rambunctious Jackie Orlando. <laughs> yeah, give it some guns on the way out. Uh, I don't know why this has just reminded me, but um, it, you know, obviously in the 
GTA Online, you can make your own little crews and stuff like that. Uh, I'm in one called with the Trapped Rats because me and my mates were just all the little rats. <laughs> but I've got another mate called Dave, and when before it was cross-platform play, so the Trapped Rats are on PlayStation, and then Dave was on Xbox, and he made the Burke and Vegas Party Guys, and I was like, Whoa. Jackie Orlando would be a, a Burke and Vegas Party Guy. I think he, I think that'd be the faction that you'd be in. Yeah, like like the the hard living faction that would be sort of funded by by Trent. Billions, who is like a, a, a playboy, like he's like a, an ugly bloke who's a playboy. Yeah. So like he'll dress like all the handsome men around him, but no one's like, oh, he's a bit ugly. But then he's funding the whole operation, and he, you know, he's like, hey lads, come on, finish your drinks. We're getting a private jet to Vegas. Hey. Oh, nice one, Brent. Like, and off you go. And he's like, he's in with the in crowd. Yeah. Because he's got the money. And I'll have uh, one full fat Coke and then go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're the, party. You are the partiest of all the party animals. So, yeah, so um, Jackie Orlando came from there and it's, it's stuck now. It has stuck forever now. Living the gimmick, brother. <laughs> Especially if you haven't changed your Twitter handle yet to Jackie Orlando. Well, there's some people who, are, who only know me as, as Ken. So if I changed it from sad Ken, they'd be like, Ken, what are you playing at? Who's, who's Jackie Orlando? Who's Ken? And also, would it not affect your blue tick status if you change the if, if handle? I if I changed the actual at, mm. it would change the blue tick, but not the not the display name bit. Ah, right. See, I'm I'm scared to touch mine because mine, like, I know that people would want mine and would try and grab it in a heartbeat. As long as you stay at, at Tom Campbell, it's fine, but you could yeah. change your display name to, like... The Reverend JT Crown, if you wanted to. Oh, that's an idea. That's a nice thing. (laughs) Greetings, classic gentle lads. Tom, at your suggestion, I sought out Celine Dion's cover of River Deep Mountain High. (laughs) This is why we're here. (laughs) This is wrestling. (laughs) By the end of the song, I simply said, well, fuck me, that was amazing. (laughs) Didn't we all, love? Mm. Didn't we all? Being a child of the 90s, I only associated Celine with that one song from Titanic. You know the one. Mm. But legit was blown away despite the fact that she is a legend. And it is a belter of a song. I still need to check it out. Oh, it's good. It's a good running song, that is. Anyway, my question is, in the world of sports, entertainment, or even sports entertainment, was there a performance from someone who you know who is good that left you absolutely astounded? Thank you for your time. Kyle from Wisconsin. That's in America. Mm. Nice America, thank you. So somebody that we already know is good, so it shouldn't surprise us. Mm. But we still went, whoo, very good, very good. I, I mean, I don't know whether this would count. I guess it would. Obviously, Shawn Michaels is a is a legend. I know that, as you heard from the WrestleMania 12 watch along, there is some disagreement between sort of the the, the status of Shawn Michaels and the person and the dividing of. But Shawn Michaels' match in 2005 with Shelton Benjamin on Raw yes. was just like a happy reminder that while Shawn was working with like people he's worked with many times before and like legendary people, he got in there with a young boy, Shelton Benjamin, and they had a banger. Yeah. Absolute banger. Shawn kept at the pace all the way through. And then that finish, which is iconic on Monday Night Raw, of Shelton Benjamin going for a springboard and just eating Sweet Chin music on his way down. Oh, Great little match that was. That was that was me going. Wow, that was amazing. That's yeah. a, that's that's one example of it. I think two come to mind. One from the world of sports entertainment. One from the world of entertainment. From sports entertainment, and it, I can't remember the name of the pay per view because my mind's terrible. It was an AEW pay per view last year, uh, or was it the year before? 
may have been double or nothing. It was Sting and Darby Allen versus Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Okay. That was my first time properly watching Ethan Page because it's I got back into Impact like towards the end of the North and Karate Man and all that stuff. So I'd never properly watched Ethan Page or stuff on the Indies. And that match made me a fan of him straight away. I was like, holy shit, this guy's... When he, it's very good. He bam, bam, bigelowed um, Darby <laughs> Allen into the front row. He just picked him up and hoied him into people. I was like, oh my God, this this lad, this lad's got something. Mm. And in terms of entertainment, um, 2018, I went to see Kendrick Lamar in Manchester. Uh, and he was doing the song DNA. And the, the, the theme of the night was it was like a, a 70s kung fu film, and it was just him on his own on the stage, lights to the side and above him, and a screen behind it. And there's like a breakdown in it. And as it did it, the lights strobed, and it was just him on his own, and they came back on. And all of a sudden, there was a fucking ninja on the stage. <laughs> like you do. Just a fellow with a sword doing flips, doing a sword. I just went, oh, and everyone just went, oh. <laughs> Is he meant to be here? And I was with her ex at the time. She went, ah! <laughs> and she was like, oh my God. I was like, oh, that's amazing. It's just, just a ninja doing wow. flips. Wow. And I've, I've watched it back from a different performance from the same tour. And as the strobes are going off, you can you can see them coming up through the floor and just standing behind him. So when the lights come back on, they're suddenly a ninja. I was like, that's cool. But you weren't expecting to, you weren't, you weren't on the lookout for a ninja? No, because it was just, it was just um, Kung Fu Kenny on his own. And then suddenly... You know, there's a member of the Foot Clan from the Turtles there. I was like, Jesus Christ. That's quite exciting. Yeah, that was quite good. Um, I might chuck, this is a weirdly personal one, but I might throw it in. So was there a performance from someone who you know is good that left you astounded? Um, it's a bit like meeting your heroes type story, this. Yeah. But I think it kind of works. So I'm a big fan of um, the American radio presenter, Broadway Bill Lee. Hmm. He kind of like rhymes and raps... His, uh, I'm going to find a little clip to put to, to, to prove this to you. When you said American broadcaster, like a radio host, I just thought of it as a Casey Kasem. Oh, it's a top 10 count, don't we? Casey Kasem. <laughs> just a shaggy, shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but B- Bill is a, Bill's a different kind of, a different kind of presenter. Um, see if I can find... All his links are that. Amazing. He like raps his way through shows. And I'm like, this guy's incredible. And he kind of got, he got a bit of, and I, I did a blog about him and he got a bit of a, a following uh, as well. He ended up following me on Twitter, which was very exciting. I was like, oh, that's great. He's such a cool guy. Anyway, I put on Twitter a few years ago that I was going to New York for a holiday. And I was excited to listen to Broadway Bill, like as the show was going out. And Bill, bless him, DMs me and goes, because by this point, he knows like, I'm a radio presenter from the UK as well. And he's like, hey, you, are you going to come and see me? It's like, that'd, that'd, like that'd, that'd be nice. Like, it was never the intention. But I was going to just to have a lovely holiday with Alex and see the sights in New York. And then uh, and Bill said, hey, do you want to come see me? I'm like, mm, yeah, yeah, lovely. So he, he arranged for us to come to WCBS. And... Is that, and he's just, just a, it's, what's great is I, I've met radio people who do all sorts of jobs and all sorts of different positions and all sorts of different shows and all sorts of different markets. And the ones that do the tiny markets have normally got like a real chip on their shoulder about it. Like mm. really, like not the nicest of people to be around. Bill fucking drives New York home. 
he's the loveliest guy. Yeah. Just the coolest guy. And he showed me in the studio. He said, hey, come and have a look around. He showed me the studio. And I, was, so I, was, I got to see like how he does the links. He did some live for us. And like, they're all like, he doesn't script them. They're all just like, eh, just how I'm feeling. Like, it's, it's amazing. And then I got, got the tour of the building from somebody else. And then we came back. And then we said, uh, so he chatted again. And I said, hey, look, Bill, we're going to let you crack on. But this has been brilliant. Thank you. And he said, Where are you going? I said, uh, we're leaving. You can't leave until you've done a break on my show. No, no, oh no, 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 no! I did a bloody link on Bill's show. Bloody hell! Bloody unreal! Oh, and Alex said, Alex said, I was, I was so proud watching you, but like, I, because I, and it warmed my heart because I knew how much that meant to you. Yeah, uh, that he did that, and uh, annoyingly, the link lives in in infamy because. I didn't, the headphones, I couldn't hear anything through the headphones, so I had to kind of guess when the intro was. So I talked over the intro. So mm. I was like, oh, I, cra- I crashed the vocal, as they say in radio, on New York. I crashed the vocal, furious with myself. But Broadway Bill was like, oh, my God, you were great. That was fantastic. <laughs> like, oh, my God. And then we, I remember we left, and I remember getting a bit emotional because I was just like, that was better than I could have ever hoped it would have been. Like to meet somebody like that, I mean, an icon, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. and then be above and beyond. Like that was amazing. Uh, so that is a nice little story of someone who I know who is very good, who left me astounded. Like going above and beyond like that, I thought yeah. was superb. And again, it wasn't something that I was ever going to seek out. I was looking forward to genuinely just having him on whilst getting ready to go for dinner somewhere in New York. But then he went, "Eh, come and see me." I'm like, "Oh my god." That's amazing. What a nice fella. Definitely what a guy. Yeah. What a guy. Broadway Bill Lee. If you're in New York, he drives he drives New York home and we got to hang out that time. It was very, very cool. Anyway, that's my story. That's my story. Thank you, Carl. Anyway, let's move on because in a minute, Jackie Orlando, whose eye is still leaking from WrestleMania 12, still sad that Brett lost the title. I mean, I'll never get over it. Is it a hay fevery thingy? I thought I thought it was Originally, but I think I've just irritated the tear duct now. Oh dear! So it just it just weeps a bit. If I turn off the air conditioning, will that help it? For a little while, yeah. I'll try that. Cause sometimes I have the aircon on because like I get so warm. I always have the air conditioning on. So, I re- but I think that's probably aggravating yeah. your irritated eye. <laughs> it's like private eye, but not. Uh, let's take a look at the really quiet week in the wrestling in the world of non-wrestling stuff. But I'll give you the the breakdown of some of the stuff from the music and entertainment world. Number one movie in the UK is Toy Story. Mm. Number one movie in the U.S., still The Birdcage. Mm-hmm. Number one song in the U.S. is still Celine Dion. Mm-hmm. For all the times you pissed the beard. It's a quiet piss. <laughs> Number one song in the U.K., no longer take that. No They're one. gone. Uh, kicked off the top by The Prodigy and Firestarter. Oh, Ooh, that's a cold bath, isn't it? You know the way we're saying that? It's like, oh, we, we can see the end of the new generation. The attitude here is on the horizon. <laughs> Firestarter's number one. Oh, then it is a Firestarter, a twisted Firestarter. British magazine Music Week said fi- gave five st- Firestarter five out of five as the single of the week. Powerful return for the kings of live techno. Because uh, by this point, I think they'd released No Good Start the Dance. You're no good for me. I yeah. don't need nobody. And like Out of Space and Charlie and things like that, which were more... Less live vocals, more just kind of actual production and 
DJing. Whereas this was actual songs. Yeah. It was, it was an actual song. Uh, Brad Beatnik from the magazine's RM Dance Update described it as a typically searing chunk of heavy techno featuring some many vocal and an awesome synth line. Uh, Firestarter sounds like Trent Reznor in one of his all-too-rare moments of self-aware humour, like the Bomb Squad at plus five with a pink-haired British bulldog bellowing about how tough he is. British bulldog? Yeah. <laughs> we got him. Am I in it? Am I in Firestar King? <laughs> Oh, put, put the immersion on. I've got cold limbs. <laughs> I'm a self-inflicted restaurant opener. I'm entrepreneurial. Uh, falafel king and eater. What? 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 Bloody hell, it's Tommy's got his slippers on. <laughs> <laughs> Firestarter, Anvil Firestarter. Oh, Anvil. Uh, that was from Jess Harville, sorry, from pitchfork.com. Mm. Give her a nod. Uh, Dave Sinclair from The Times said it's a racing, twitchy, all hands on deck rhythmic pulse with a first beat in the bar that lands like a body blow, spiced up by a siren wall, siren whale synth sound, and various shrieks that resemble an art of noise vocal sample. Mm. So lots of love. For Firestarter, I remember this song coming out. Yeah. And it was just like a shock to the system. Because obviously Prodigy had had hits before, mm. but this one really punched through oh, the mainstream. God. Yeah. Like none of their others so far. I remember this coming out as well because my brother's 10 years older than me. So 1996, around this time, he's about to turn 18. So perfect time for it in terms of going out on that. But he also had his first car. Mm. So, <laughs> is he blasting this out of the car? Yeah, yeah. And I was oh. there, just going, "That's great." This. Yeah. I, bet you, I bet he was. I bet he was very liked by the neighbours. Oh, he was always respectful behavior. to the neighbours, but if he was just like, he, he as soon as he got the car, we had like a local cinema, but he's like, "No, nah, I want to go to the one that we've got to drive to." He's like, <laughs> like "I'm going to take Jack to see Batman." It was basically so he could just like te- like drive at an absolute tear along the motorway and listen to the Prodigy very loud. <laughs> just play the Prodigy album. Yeah. Oh, that's class. I like that. I like yeah. that a lot. I remember my nan. Watching the video. <laughs> good, good jump in it. Yeah. I remember my nan watching uh, you, your brother drive past. No, I remember my nan watching the video. It was on uh, Top of the Pops one night, and my nan was like, "This is this is horrible." My nan was really disgusted by the prodigy. Yeah. I think because she'd like to take that. How deep is your love? Yeah. And then it's so from a BG's cover to like, self inflicted, level detonator. My nan was like, this is satanic. <laughs> Bit God fearing. It's it's always one of those that like when you look back at the seventies and people were terrified of Alice Cooper, but towards he seems quite tame. Mm. And, and then reading about when Gary Newman first came out and people were like, this. This guy's not human. He's from another. What is these noises and Tubeway Army sound like nothing else? But I possibly because we grew up with it. The prodigy, you look back at it and you're like, oh yeah, that is still quite unsettling. Mm. Whereas if I probably showed it to my niece or nephew, they'd be like, ah, nothing. Yeah. So it's it's funny how time will do that and they yeah. just go, oh, it's not even a thing at all. Uh, yeah. So I mean, those are some of the bits from the world this week. What's happening in the wrestling world, Jackie Orlando? Uh, well. There's, there's bits and bobs, of course. Post WrestleMania, we, we coitus. Well, we've had a sea change in the WWF, and there <laughs> it is, <laughs> and that was it. I, I had a, I had one delicious chocolate digestive before we came into the <laughs> So, Wrestling Observer News that are dated April eighth, nineteen ninety six. There are many questions left coming out of WrestleMania, but the biggest and most important one concerns the future of our Lord and Savior, Bret the Hitman Hart. Oh no. So after the upcoming Germany tour, and with the possible exception of a week of May bookings in Kuwait, 
Hart is expected to go on a hiatus until at least the end of summer 1996. Uh, internally, there's already been a lot of talk of Shawn Michaels versus Brett rematch at SummerSlam, perhaps in a ladder match. And there's been a lot of talk that Hart may not return that quickly or even at all. So speculating that he's just like, he's done, he's getting older, um, you know, he's, he's had his world title runs, he's steadied the ship, but it's Sean's time. So Dave goes on a bit and is saying, according to what Hart has told people, besides some attempts at acting gigs, there is a business method to his madness. As is the case whenever somebody new gets their chance to be in the world title position where all the spotlight shines on them. Plenty of people come up with plenty of reasons, some valid, some silly, as to why that person or the business built around them will self-destruct. Excuse me, I've got a frog in my throat. Yeah. And a song in my heart. <laughs> and a biscuit in your gullet. So, basically they're saying, Brett's waiting to see how business does without him. Because if it does shit without him, they can bring him back. Ah, box clever! As the all-conquering hero. And, you know, obviously it's a political game, WWF. Sean's got a very powerful supporter in Vince McMahon, but there's going to be others who are just like, yeah, fuck Sean. Mm. Um, uh, but Dave's put, if if he sticks around and the business start to, starts to slide, then he'll be, he, he can be used as a stopgap manager. So if he comes back straight away and the business slides with Sean on top, they can just put the belt back on Brett and they know it's fine. If he stays away and the business slides, they can bring him back as an all-conquering hero. Mm. If he stays strong with Sean and bring back Brett, he's in a strong position. So it's basically saying... Brett's, Brett's, you know, the ball's in his court. Yeah. Uh, Brett Hart has also told people that if things don't screw up and Michaels does become the next great drawing card in pro wrestling, he doesn't see any place for him in the WWF. But he has also told people, point blank, he'll never go to WCW. Huh. So they're the saying that what Dave's saying here is that the way the title change went down with Hart having the sharpshooter in at the bell after going 60 minutes to a no-falls draw and then being sent into a surprise southern death with almost a fluke quick title change, it gives um, Hart an angle to say he was screwed over if if needs be. It also keeps him quite strong, saying you know he, he was in control of it, but he wasn't prepared for that last five minutes. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of speculation from Dave saying, you know, he, he could be the Ric Flair of the WWF in the case of WCW. It's just like, we'll put the title on Luger or Wyndham or whatever. Oh, it's not really working. We'll put it on Flair. Mm. But then there's the chance he could overstay his welcome. So that's the big bit of WF. There's some other little bits and bobs. Do you want some Mexico bollocks? Oh, I would love some Mexican bollocks. Rey Mysterio Sr., Rey Mysterio Jr.'s uncle. Who's that jumping out your mum? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> Ray, get off me, mum. <laughs> I texted me mum last night saying, what happened with that bomb? Oh! Oh, okay. So so on the uh, Watch Along of WrestleMania 12, you may, you may remember that Jackie Orlando's mum, there was a story that you dropped about your mum <laughs> being sent a bomb in the post. Right. And you said you'd fill in the blank for us. Yeah. Cool. I got two things mixed up. She, she was almost the victim of a bomb attack at work. Right. She worked in the mail room, which is true. Okay. But it was a nail bomb in a bin on the ground floor. Oh. As she walked past with her mate. So the bomb went off in the bin. Luckily, it wasn't powerful enough because no one got hurt. But my mum said she was shit right up. Yeah. That's where a lot of the customers. But a nail bomb in the bin. Early 70s. She doesn't really remember when it was. But um, 
But I asked her about it when I said the other week. I said, because it was always the belief that the IRA wouldn't attack Liverpool. Mm. Lots of Irish Catholics. And and she reckons, yeah, she reckons it was someone like a copycat doing it and being like, oh, the IRA have attacked Liverpool. Ah, blah, blah, blah. so sort of doing it to make people think the IRA are attacking, but mm. they weren't. Mm. Ah, that old shenanigans. Again, they never found found out what happened, but yeah, nail bomb in a bin. Jesus Christ, which I believe is up there with uh, brass knucks on a pole. Yeah. <laughs> so talking of nail bombs I'm glad bombs she's okay. Oh, yeah. Is her arm okay? Uh, yeah. She's going to yeah. go in for surgery. Oh, okay. She's a little frail old woman. Parents do that. We mentioned this on the podcast. They don't tell you when they're poorly, do they? No. They're just like, we don't want to worry you. But yeah, if you have a sniffle, yeah. they're like, why didn't you tell us? I'm like, mother. Stop it! Different the other way around. I once hugged my mum when I was a, my mum flinches when I hug her now because I hugged her when I was about twenty, and because I was such a big barely lad and she's like a tiny woman, uh, I bruised their ribs. Oh, <laughs> just giving her a big bear hug. She was like, "Oh, my ribs, you bastard!" Uh, me Dave Boysmith. <laughs> I knew it when I first saw my dad um, after lockdown. And uh, I came met me at the train station. I gave him a hug and I gave him a pat on the arm. And he was just like, oh. And sometimes he'll do this. Mm-hmm. Sometimes my dad will go, oh, my arm. You've hurt my mm-hmm. arm. Thinking like, oh, then I'll go, are you okay? And then he'll put me in a headlock and go, oh, you never never, never take me for granted. I've still got it. But he was like, actually, no, I, I had my booster jab today. And you literally just slapped me <laughs> full on <laughs> on the bit where I had my booster done. And he went, your mother, I'm going to tell your mother you did that. I said, I didn't do it on purpose. Just slapping your arm like, good to see you, Dad. Yeah, but when he when he turned around and he wasn't looking, you were going, yeah, fucking yeah, got him. Yeah, fucking got him. I, I did think that. I fucking got him. But, uh, he put me in a headlock later and went, never turn your back on me. <laughs> never <laughs> rest while you're here. Don't turn your back on the Wolverhampton pack. He's not from Wolverhampton. <laughs> and he's a Baggies fan. Oh, he'll, he'll love that. <laughs> so, yeah, Ray Mysterio Senior. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. He got an arm. Who's that jumping out of your mouth? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom's dad got an article in a local newspaper <laughs> about how WWO, CMLL and WWF would be combining for a show at the Tijuana Bullring on May 5th, which is a major Mexican holiday, mm. basically the 4th of July. Uh, no word on exactly how WWF fits into this, although the WWO is said to have been negotiating to use WF talent. And, but WWF sources say they don't know anything about this show, and many are assuming it'll likely be ex-stars like Tito Santana rather than Shawn Michaels turning up to a oh, random Mexican show. So they've listed it as like featuring WWF stars, mm. but they're not necessarily current WWF stars. Indie bollocks. Oh, go on then. A group called Mid-American Wrestling did its own spoof match with the original Huckster versus Nacho Randy on March 29th <gasps> in West Allis. Wow! Randy was a guy with a bad fake beard. Huckster was a short AWA jobber from the 70s. The two went out and botched spots on purpose until local manager, the Hustler, said that you two idiots are going to ruin my chance to become WCW head booker <laughs> and had two of his wrestlers destroy both guys with intentionally horrible leg drops and elbows. Special ref Zillionaire Ted was then attacked with a pool cue. The wrestlers found it funny, but most of the fans there didn't get it. Just in-jokes at a wrestling show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> couple of WCW bits. The Road Warriors gave their notice on March 29th, but everyone kissed and made up on April the 1st. <laughs> it's funny because, like, on the Nitro review, we've literally just talked about their debut, their, yeah. re- their return to WCW. And then this week, yeah, so they're handing in the notice. <laughs> so they, they would calm down within two days. Supposedly, the problem was they'd heard Razor Ramon and Diesel coming in and getting paid loads, and they're like, what? 
Well, we're, we're the Road Warriors. We were massive ten years ago. <laughs> we were lo- we want loads as well. Yeah. You bastards. Yeah. Give <laughs> give give Hawk a world title run. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere. So they're cross ooh. about Diesel and Ramon coming in. Yeah. I so there's quite a few like that. I'm not, I'm not surprised at all because mm. we'd already heard where that Hogan was like, oh, I don't know why we're spending this money on them. We should be bringing in Yokozuna <laughs> so I could squash him. Brother, brother, brother. Get my win back, brother. <laughs> but maybe hints at someone who is actually coming in. Gene Oakland hinted on the hotline that Ted DiBiase would be coming in as an announcer. While uh, under normal circumstances, that could be dismissed. In this case, there may be something to it. DBS's contract with WWF doesn't expire until the fall, but there has been talk that at that point he may come to WCW as an announcer and be called Zillionaire Ted. <laughs> <laughs> like the one at the indie show. Yeah. But uh, more on that in a few months. Oh, yeah, we'll touch on that. You might lose a, bit of, a couple of zeros from the end. I've got two bits of WWF. Well, actually, it's not even two bits. I've separated it into two paragraphs. <laughs> We're live, pal. Um, We're live, pal. We had the Slammy Awards. Oh, we did indeed. Do you want some Slammy Awards? I would bloody love the Slammy Awards. So my apologies, actually. I was going to do the Slammy Awards during the watch-along and then forgot to. Yeah. So, I mean, is there a reason why you forgot? Is it a tactical reason? No, I just forgot to print them out. Yeah. And then didn't think about it until halfway through the show and went, I didn't print off the Slammy Awards. I'll do them tomorrow. Yeah. (laughs) Slash next week. I'll see how many you remember. Okay, well, I'll... I'll, Uh, Hide them. I'll hide them there. Right. Best buns. Oh, that's sunny. Sunny. The best buns. I believe that Yokozuna and Goldust were also up for the awards. <laughs> Ooh, Goldust. We did see his lovely ass. yesterday. We did see his buns, and I think they were the best buns. Best ring entrance. Best ring entrance. Who are the nominees? I haven't got the nominees. Only got the winners, I'm afraid. Ah, uh, fair enough. Best ring entrance. Would it be... Oh, oh, no, he hasn't. No, he hasn't debuted yet, has he? Mm. Best ring entrance. Um, sure, Michael. Yeah, I would have given it to Taker. Yeah, much but, better. Uh, best finishing move. Is it Sure, Michael switching music? Sharpshooter Brahard. Oh, crime of the century. Crime of the century. Um, billionaire Ted's kids. No. Um, <laughs> crime of the century. Oh, Vince McMahon's trial. <laughs> <laughs> now go on. Uh, Vader attacking Gorilla. Oh, okay. I mean, yeah. I mean, of the century, uh, certainly mm. of the year. Yeah, certainly the last three months. New sensation award. Um, Rocky Johnson? No, Steve Austin. Ahmed! Oh, of course, it's bloody Ahmed. Apparently, when he accepted his award called WCW Wheelchair Championship Wrestling, (laughs) uh, the I Can't Shut Up Award. Jim Cornette. Jerry Lawler. Ah. Best threads? Okay, best attire. Shawn Michaels again? Yes, but we'll see later on that that's bollocks. (laughs) Worst threads? Duke Drosey. Jim Cornette. Oh, he looks all right. I think it's more the colour palette. Right, yeah, it's a bit wild. Manager of the year? Jim Cornette. Sonny. I'd give it Jim Cornette. She's been a manager for like 10 minutes. Yeah, but they've been, they've been pushing her. They've what is, just been what going like, she... oh, do you want to have sex with her? Yeah, oh. what has she managed, right? She's managed to, to get her kit off at the start of Raw, and then she's managed Chris Candido to multiple losses to Barry Horowitz. Yeah. And she, by this point, she hasn't even won the tag titles for Body Donners. No. Rubbish manager. The Lifetime Achievement Award went to Freddie Blassie. Ah, oh, that's nice. Uh, most embarrassing? It's embarrassing. Would it be Triple H getting slopped? Lawler kissing his own feet. Oh, fucking hell, of course. Uh, shock of the year. Shock of the year. Um, would it be Gorilla getting Vader bombed again? No, uh, Shawn Michaels collapsing. 
Of course. Best ring mechanic. Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels. Oh, I bet Bret was seething. That's a rib on Bret, isn't it? Yeah. Best music video. Tell me a lie. No, Bret. We start the fire. Must have been. Ah. Match of the year. Um, Bret should have another match yet, have they? No. Um, match of the year. So you named one of them then. It's a Bret match. No, Sean match. Sean match is the match of the year. It's not the Rumble, is it? No, Sean Michaels versus who's Sean? Jeff Jarrett now. Who's Sean had some bangers with lately? It's really weird. I can't think of any. Past year, before I came on the show. Before you came on the show. Uh, Diesel at Mania 11? No, Razor Ramon, ladder match. Of course. Yeah. That was SummerSlam 95. And finally, who was voted the leader of the new generation? Uh, Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels. <laughs> so Dave's got here, since these awards are voted on in the 900 number, by law, they have to be shoots. Brackets, well, there are a lot, a lot of things done in wrestling that are probably technically illegal. <laughs> the plan originally was to do a 900 vote during the show to vote for the greatest WWF champion of all time and have the nominees be Hulk Hogan, Yokozuna, Bret Hart, Bruno Sammartino, and Bob Backlund, with the idea that Bret would win, and from that point forward, he'd be billed as the greatest WWF champion of all time. Oh. Dave reckons somebody got cold feet after going, oh, shit, Hogan might win because he's still quite popular. And last minute, it was changed to which WWF champion in the room is most likely headed to the Hall of Fame? Brett Diesel, Undertaker, Yokozuna, or Bob Backlund? And Brett won that one. Instead. Brett won that one, yeah. But some of them, like, I was surprised to find out that they were shoots, well, allegedly, because of the 900 number, because it is very Michaels heavy, and you'd expect that to be WWF pushing that, being like, he's the champ now, so Michaels... I know he's very popular, but it's... It's a landslide for Sean. Yeah, I think they've been, um, been very clever with that. Mm. Um, there was another award. I've got the awards here. And there mm. was another one, which was the WWF's greatest hit. Greatest hit? The greatest hit. So, like, basically, like, mo like moment of the year. Of the year. Kind of, like, most, not a shocking moment. I'll, get, I'll tell you the nominees. Okay. Okay. Um, the debut of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm-hmm. Yokozuna bonsai's two wrestlers at once. Right. Diesel throwing Brett through a table. Yeah. The Undertaker sucking Diesel into the abyss. Mm -hmm. Or Jeff Jarrett smashing Ahmed Johnson with a guitar. I'm going for... I think there must be more to that Hunter Hearst Helmsley one, because like, it just says Hunter Hearst Helmsley on my notes. So I think I presume Hunter Hearst are getting slopped, maybe. I don't know. But either way. Take a Diesel? Yeah, Undertaker sucking Diesel off. <laughs> you know I mean? Into the abyss. I mean, who knows what went on down there? Um, so that was the other one that I noticed from my list that, that wasn't mentioned by yeah. by Big Boy Dave. David. Big Naughty Boy David. David. So yeah, Slammy Awards were, were a thing. I love the Slammies. I like the Slammies. When they're a bit bollocks, they're good. For they are a bit thing. bollocks, but I think it's just because if it wasn't for Owen Hart, no one would, everyone would be like, ah, oh, Slammies are a bit of fun, but just how great Owen was when he became like, Oh, God. Two-time Slammy Award winner. Yeah. I did it again! And, and wasn't, he, wasn't one of them Best Bowtie, which is Bob Backlund's award, and he stole it? Yeah, the second one was just one he, <laughs> went, he was meant to announce the winner of, and he just yeah. went, oh, I won! <laughs> which is what I would do <laughs> if I was ever... Uh, ever I, I've done, like, award shows before in my previous life, but if I ever got to do them again and I was presenting an award, I'd be like, thank you very much! I'm very honoured to be Woman of the Year! <laughs> 
Well, I know it's still August when we're recording this, but the end of the year is, it's not on the horizon, but it's a little past the horizon. End of year, the Cultaholic Classic Raw Review 2022 <laughs> Awards. You can give yourself one. Okay, I'll always <laughs> give myself one. You're not the first person to suggest the old Classic Review Awards. Yeah. We may do that. We may do a Classic Review. I'm, I'm thinking on it. I'm percolating the idea at the moment. Ooh. Like a little Christmas special we do. Because that Christmas special last year is one of the funnest times I've ever had. Christ. Even though it was, it was we, a tour de force of bollocks. It was a true tour de force of bollocks. That yeah. was some of my finest written work. It was fantastic. <laughs> Shall we get into Raw? Yes. Let's do it. So it's the Raw After Mania. We are live in San Bernardino, California for Raw. We start with recap of WrestleMania 12, the most spectacular, provocative, brutal, and outrageous WrestleMania in history. A well-produced house show, Dave Meltzer. <laughs> We get highlights of the Ultimate Warriors return, Undertaker dropping Diesel, and the ecstasy and the agony of the fulfillment of a lifelong dream. Mm -hmm. uh, Undertaker sucking off Diesel. <laughs> Undertaker sucking off Diesel. Uh, we are live for all this week. We await the presence of the new WWF champion, Shawn Michaels, plus a bruised and battered Undertaker will be facing the undefeated Justin Hawk Bradshaw Ooh. in a match that will nearly headline SummerSlam 2004. Jesus. Four or five? Four, I think. Five. Four. 2004. Uh, <laughs> that's that's to come though. But right now, let's go to the ring for the debut of Mankind. Holy shit, mm. it's happening. This is a Mankind episode of Monday Night Raw. Fucking yeah. Yeah. I loved his original theme. It was so creepy and so good. So that's it. We get booze for this weird new look for Mick Foley, complete with leather mask, low lighting, and spooky as fuck music. It must have been odd for Cactus Jack fans seeing him like this, and all credit to Foley for making it work. Because it's it's often the fear, and, you know, when things go wrong, we talk about it. It was like, oh, I can't believe they brought X in and turned him into this gimp in a mask. Imagine how diehards felt about seeing Cactus Jack in a mask pretending he's got a pet rat. I think we, we forget that the culture of WWF taking these established guys from other places and going, we're going to give you a new name and a new character isn't new. Yeah. He's been, they've been doing it for decades. It's yeah. kind of what the company's built on. Yeah. So it's not new. We just kind of see it more frequently now because of the nature of how fast everything moves. Yeah. But yeah, Cactus Jack, deathmatch wrestling legend from Japan and FM from FMW. It's uh, ECW. pronounced ECW. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite. <laughs> That's a, a long-standing thing where uh, two wrestlers were talking about FMW behind the scenes, and and the the, the rumor and innuendo is Stephanie McMahon walked past and went, "I think you'll find it's pronounced ECW." <laughs> Mm. I really want that to be true and not an urban legend, uh, but it, it exists in infamy. Um, but yeah, FMW, ECW guy, like Cactus Jack, like the this roughhouse well, WCW yeah. guy, this roughhouse brawler. It's like, why, why is he like this mental patient in a gimp mask? I don't understand it. Yeah. Such a complete redesign that, that Mick Foley absolutely leaned into. Classic FM did a list on their website of 10 times where wrestling was inspired by classical music. Okay. Which is a bit off-piste for them, but I really like it. Ooh, uh, Triple H with Ode to Joy. Ode to Joy. Uh, in fact, I'll pull up the, the full classic FM list. Undertaker versus Kane, where Undertaker came out to O Fortuna. 
Oh. Because I was thinking the other day, I was like, who had Fortuna? I was like, that'd be a great music. I was like, yeah, Triple H, uh, Triple H, Undertaker Kane. So you got those two. Uh, Ric Flair uh, with um, Thingy. <laughs> uh, also, Zach uh, Sprach. Uh, From 2001, A yeah. Space Odyssey. Uh, that's three. I take it there's a Triple H one. Uh, not a mm. Triple H, a Mankind one on there, sorry. Yeah. So I give you the 10. Go on. Um, uh, in no particular order, I don't think. Number one, Damien Sandow. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Shit, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ric Flair from 2001, Space Odyssey. I just Richard remember the Strauss. number one. Three, Macho Man Randy Savage. There we go. Edward to, Elgar. It's land of hope and glory because he's uh, the, the the biggest British wrestler of all time, Randy Savage. Yes, big yeah. fan of... He's a, he's a Worcesterite, <laughs> is Macho Man. As is gorgeous George, oh. who, came, who came out to Pomp and Circumstance too, but okay. before Savage. Fun factoid. Gorgeous George Wagner using it as entrance theme. Number five... Um, Triple H, Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, mm-hmm. which he didn't use. Uh, number six, Daniel Bryan, Rise of the Valkyries. Of course, yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven, Jerry the King Lawler, uh, the song The Great Gate at Kiev. Yeah. Uh, number eight, Mr. Perfect. Because that was a ripoff of Nospartacus. Exodus, I think. The Mr. Perfect theme in WWF. Exodus, yeah. yeah. Originally composed by film score legend Ernest Gold and performed by the Symphonia of London. Mm. It also won an Oscar. Because mm. uh, yeah, the actual WF version is a slight, legally distinct... Slightly different version tweet. of yeah. it. Enough difference. Uh, number nine, The Undertaker Graveyard Symphony. And at number ten, Mankind... Uh, an ode to Freud, which is what the music was called. Okay. Uh, another in-house composition, says Classic FM. This bizarre theme owes a large debt to Samuel Barber's Adiago for Strings, a.k.a. the theme from Platoon. Mm. Rather than a solemn, stirring work, it's rather unsettling orchestral soundtrack to the mania that is Mick Foley. I'm just thinking of Platoon now. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit platoony. Is the ent- At least the entrance theme. It's a nice little... Can we get Jack Atkins doing the platoon? John! Great film. Great film. (laughs) People have often told me, Jack Atkins, you look a bit like uh, Willem Dafoe. (laughs) People often say, Jack Atkins, you look like you've been through a war. (laughs) You got a dog tag on. It's uh, my great granddad's uh, second place in the 1933, (laughs) 1934 (laughs) Welshpool Billiards League. (laughs) What's lovely is, is that Jackets holds what looked like a dog tag. It's my granddad's. I'm thinking, oh, here we go. There's a story here. I feel bad now. Second place in the Welsh pool billiards league. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. My, grand, uh, my, my dad was just like, oh, I found this. Someone did Nan's stuff. It's your great granddad's. Do you want it? And I was like, fuck yeah, billiards. Don't know how to play billiards. Is but... your granddad from Welsh pool? Yeah. My, my, my um, Nan's side of the family from there, my Great Auntie Anne, who was a very fierce, tiny Welsh woman, was, I think, mayor twice and was basically the Mr. WrestleMania of Welsh Pool. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a Welsh boy. My first um, radio, my first breakfast show ever was in 2009. Yeah. And it was for a radio station that came out of Oswestry that covered North Shropshire yeah. and the Welsh border. Yeah. And then Oswestry was that town between England and Wales where on Friday night they'd all cross and fight. Yeah. <laughs> Because it was kind of like neutral ground. I've spent a lot of time around The there, North yeah. and South Korea divide is <laughs> of the UK. England and Wales is Oswestry. And then you've got Shrewsbury, which isn't too far, or Shrewsbury, depending Shrewsbury. on where you're from. I always pronounce it, when I lived there, I always pronounce it Shrewsbury. But then it was always kind of like posh people that pronounce it Shrewsbury. The Welsh side of my family say Shrewsbury. Mm, they're posh. 
Not really. Mm, I mean, came second in the Welsh pool billiards league, 1933, yeah. 1934. <laughs> they can't, they can't. Did, did uh, big Harry Holloway. <laughs> What I like is, should the Cold Heart Classic reviews ever become like major pop culture icons and somebody plays this on, like <laughs> does this on Mastermind, one of the questions would be, what sport did Jack Atkins' granddad come <laughs> second in? Well, it's Billy's League. <laughs> Correct. Anyway, so here's Mick Foley. <laughs> Billiards enthusiast Mick Foley. Billiards enthusiast Mick Foley. His first opponent, put it in your history books, Bob Spark Plug Holly. Already in the ring. Is this Pyro's up? Incidental pyro. In, it's it was... incidental because Raw started. Yeah. It's not real pyro for Bob Ollie. <laughs> right. I thought, oh, new Raw theme. Oh, no, Bob Ollie already in the ring. <laughs> this is a bad sign. Mankind cheap shots Holly over the referee's shoulder to get things started and then just goes to town with punches and squeals and his trademark. He's a noisy boy. Immediately, immediately, Mankind hits different to everything. Yeah. Immediately. It's so good. Holly Mount to come back with a drop kick to some booze. Mm. Foley's very over here. Smarky uh, fucking crowd. Smarky crowd that all chat he's hardcore as he sends fo- as he sends Holly crashing to the outside with a low bridge. Would they talking about McFoley or Bob Holly? I mean, I love this. <laughs> I was gonna bring this up. As this at one point Sparky plug went, hmm, hardcore, eh? Maybe they're from the future. Mm. And they went, We need to tell everybody what we've seen in the future. <laughs> you get hard. a world title shot. Watch your neck. <laughs> Look out for your nephew crash, but only reference him briefly in your autobiography. Despite the amount of stuff you did together, you weird fucking man. What he does? He doesn't spend more time talking about a film that you were in than Crash Holly. You weird man. Clap oh. clap 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 clap. I've heard it's meant to be quite a good book, but that's... Oh, it's crazy. It's um, it's not a good book. Uh, Math um, <laughs> read some of it. I think he read it on a stream as well. It's quite a boring book. Yeah. But he just said he's surprised how little uh, he talks about Mike Lockwood as Crash Holly, which I thought was a shame because... They were over? They were over like Rover. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know whether it just kind of goes against Holly's ethos of, let me just win all the matches and give me all the belts. Yeah. If there's someone else there that looks a bit like him. Uh, sign in the crowd, E. Bischoff and Mongo make me vomit. The and I was hoping that they'd be Geordies. <laughs> e, Bishop and Mongo made me vomit. Absolute children. Shunder. I saw the sign that said, bring back the conquistadors. And I was like, <laughs> like, just wait a few years. Just wait a few years. A lot of time travellers in, yeah. in this crowd. Yeah. Tree of Woe Elbow, which is a Mankind special, where he puts them upside down in the corner, runs and does a big old elbow drop to their face, is followed up by an unorthodox move where he takes his glove to hand with the middle finger and the forefinger. Yeah. Uh, that are sellotaped to the tape together and rams them down Holly's throat. The camera mm. zooms in tight on this and the referee after a while stops the match and calls it for Mankind via stoppage. Now Mick Foley will call this move the Mandible Claw. Mm. Uh, this move inspired... Um, where are my notes on the move? I've got some great notes on the move. I'm going to have to rip them from the from the website that I got them from uh, before we go into the next part of the man cut because there's, there's so much to dissect. Uh, hang on. I always like the mandible claw. It's one of those where like, people are just like, oh, why don't you just bite? But the, the actual idea of, was it pushing? It's meant to be pushing down on the back of the tongue with the middle fingers and grabbing underneath there with the thumb, isn't it? So you just pinch in their head. So, but yeah, it's it's um, it's based on a, on the mandibular nerve pinch, which mm. is what you're suggesting there. It was a finishing hold uh, for 1960s osteopathic, osteopathic physician-turned-wrestler Sam Shepard. Wow. So that's where it comes from. Now, the move itself... Um, 
a lot of people uh, question how successful it is. Jim Cornette taught the move to Mick Foley. Foley suggested it to two bosses uh, to ask their opinions on the potential finishes. So this is when he's working on the Mankind costume. And he goes to Bill Watts uh, as one of the people that he speaks to. And he goes to Vince McMahon and says, this is my idea for a finisher. It's from Sam Shepard. Sam Shepherd. I'll have my hands taped. And then pass out. Uh, Bill Watts said, why don't I just bite your goddamn fingers off? <laughs> As a defensive mechanism, I was like, makes like mm, fair point. But then, Vince, then he suggested it to Vince McMahon, and Vince posed a similar question, but persuaded McMahon that it could be glossed over by a claim that it was a nerve hold that immobilized the jaw of the recipient. So Vince McMahon. So what I like is is the difference in between Bill Watts and Vince, where Bill went, it's rubbish because I just if I, if you put that on me, I'll just bite your hands, I'll just bite your hand, and Vince went. He could bite your hand, but if we say that mm. it capacitates the jaw by trapping the nerve, then they can't bite. Like, that's believable. Yeah, sure. Why not? And if you think about it in, in terms, if you're going by kayfabe, he can put that on anyone. It's not like mm. Hornswoggle saying, I've got a power bomb, but I can't really do it to the great Carly. He can put it on anyone. It's safe. It's yeah. safe to take. No wear and tear. Fine. It's safe as houses, isn't yeah. it? It's fine. So uh, Mankind wins via stoppage and the music plays, but it's not the music that we had earlier. Oh. It's not at all. Uh, this is the famous Mankind exit music. Yeah. Now, I don't know many wrestlers that got different intro and outro music. No. This was a very, again, another package that was suggested uh, by Mick Foley for the Mankind persona. Do you know the inspiration behind it? I do. Go on then. Uh, Hannibal Lecter. It's because uh, it, he goes on about it in the first autobiography, isn't it? Have, have a nice day. It's the scene in Silence of the Lambs where Lecter brutalizes the two guards with the nightstick and then he's just stood there just conducting the music. And he was just like, I like that. I like the fact that there's a flurry of violence. And then at the end, there's like this nice, calm, beautiful music. And it makes it creepier because you're just like, ooh. Mm. Mm. And what makes it even creepier is the fact that the, the, if you watch the scene that, that's based on Jackins is absolutely on the money from Science of the Lambs. There is that soothing piano music, but it's kind of a little bit more sort of upbeat and a bit more yeah. positive. It's um, it is compared to what we get here, which is like the sad end of a film. Yeah. Like really like heartbreaking music softly played on the piano. And it just, it conjures up this, image for this new character who is just you oh gosh you there's never been a character that's that's done so much with so little time where you are freaked out by this thing that stagger into the ring he can't walk upright yeah. so obviously like he's been like trapped in in, in, a, in a small space for a long time like his back is fucked he's squealing as he's fighting you he's pulling his hair out as he's wrestling it's the squeals i loved the yeah. squeals and as he's squealing, especially when he rams his fingers down the throat and knocks the guy out. Mm. And uh, and then after all that, you're horrified by this sort of mangled beast. And then this music plays and he kind of rolls out of the ring and you see his eyes sort of piercing through the mask and they just look sad. And you're like, why is this? What? This is very complex. Mm. Like, am I, I, I thought he was a baddie, but maybe he's just misunderstood. And like, this is in one match. Yeah. Oh, beautiful painting. Wrestling's good when it's like this. When you create stuff like this and you let it breathe. 
I think having the, oh. the smarky crowd helped as well. Obviously, they were chatting he's hardcore because they were yeah. ECW fans. But at least they weren't chatting ECW. That's just, true. They were showing their love for Tommy Dreamer anyway. That's Tommy, <laughs> that's Tommy Dreamer's chat. Or future shocks for Bob Holly. But they, they got behind it and they were like, oh, fucking, yeah. And yeah, like you said, everything about it, the character's so good. And it, it, it struck me as well. You've got very new generation Bob Holly there. He's in his, you know, red. He's a race car driver. And then you've just got Mick Foley. Yeah, you know, long, greasy hair. He's wearing dirty, dark brown, and just looks a bit like smelly and grungy. And it's like, mm. okay, it's, it's another, it's another step along, mm. another step along. But I, I forget how much I love early mankind because obviously he becomes, you know, the, the comedic master and super over, and the, you know, the corporate champion and all this. Well, going for the corporate thinking he was the corporate champion, but coming over and becoming the world champion, you know, Adrian, I did it. And then when you go back and watch this early stuff, and like you said, with all the squealing and all that, it's fucking great. It's so, so good. What a what a first impression mankind has made. And I doubt we'll see him again tonight. We get a recap of WrestleMania 12, the debut of Mark Marrow. Morrow. Mark Morrow, as Todd Pettingill called him, and his brawl with Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Sable is in the front row, having bought a ticket to the show. I'd have given her a comp. Yeah. All the nonsense she went through last night. We then get a plug for the encore showing uh, and get some wild Vox pubs of kids leaving WrestleMania going, Rah, WrestleMania was brilliant! Oh my God, it's the best show! It was a well-produced house show! Yeah, WrestleMania! This is one look at a warrior. warrior. Mm. I love that Steve Austin. He's a good hand in the mid-card. Hey! Good hand in the mid-card. <laughs> uh, kids are very excited about being at WrestleMania. Um, back to the ring. Isaac Yank of DDS already in the ring. It certainly feels like the new generation, lads are being uh, like just sort of put out there to, to feed yeah. the new generation 2.0 which is why I call this new generation 2.0 because mm. you had Bob Ollie get a shoe in from Mankind and now Isaac Yank of DDS staring down the barrel of the wild man Mark Morrow Morrow uh, very surreal selfishly for me seeing Mero in the WWF after seeing Johnny B. Bad on Nitro just a couple of weeks ago. He's definitely not Johnny B. Bad anymore. No. The music's got a little bit of that rhythm to it. Yeah. This isn't the music that we would know him for. Yeah, because that's... Slash what, Sable's theme. That's what I've put. I was like, I was expecting that. <laughs> yeah, because the music... <laughs> Do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Is that if Louis was the cat Louis did it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, oh, shit. He's awake. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, because when the music started, I didn't recognize the music. Yeah. And then Vince is going, here he comes. Here's the newest sensation. And then I was like, who's this going to be? Jake Roberts? No, <laughs> it's like, oh, it's Mero. Yeah. Pre-wild pre, uh, thing, Mark Mero. Pre-wild man, Mark Mero type thing. Uh, Mero drop kit. Drop kicks Yankum out of the ring early on and hits, I want to say, the bad day. I think it was called either the bad day or the bad, bad mood. mood in WCW, which was the uh, somersault sent on over the top. Yeah. It's either the bad mood or the bad day. Yeah. And uh, I must confess, I didn't care enough to look it up. Um, he then does a double axe handle in the ring, clears off the ring. Hunter Hearst Helmsley goes ringside, and he's trying to cajole Sable back to his side. But she ain't having it. She loves looking at Mark Mero quite a lot, going, he does look like Johnny B. Bad. He does look like Little Richard. Can't put my finger on why. Mm. Um, as he does, uh, as, as he's over there having a chat, I, d I can't tell whether Mero is distracted or not, but anyway, Yankum takes control. Big clothesline, big side slam. Um, there's, a, there's a 
picture in picture where it shows Hunter uh, trying to chat with Marrows, uh, sorry, with Sable. And I'm sure there's a guy in the crowd who shouts, you can do better than that, Hunter. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think that's that. yeah, what he says. Like that, yeah. I think he says, you can do better than that, Hunter. It's like, well, like a better woman? Well, the boss of the company, his daughter. I mean, just... Just a thought. Uh, Mero gets a near four with a crucifix pin and a victory roll. Starts building momentum with some of those boxing strikes. He won, he won boxing's golden gloves, did you not know? Uh, he also gets a nice chop in there and lands a perfect top rope sunset flip onto Yankum for the one, two, three. Sable loves it. Hunter's furious. Mero leaves the ring as Hunter is trying to grab Sable and pull her away. Sable slaps Hunter in the face and Mero lifts Sable over the guardrail to safety and they leave together, setting up for future shenanigans. Mm. What do we think of Mero's debut, straight after Mankind's debut? Different. He, his, his offense, is, it's fresh for WWF. Mm-hmm. I've got here, he'd be good with one, two, three kid if they ever had a match. Um, I've said before on the show that I think he's he's very underrated. He was almost a little ahead of his time. Yeah. Because obviously you'll have um, the cruiserweights in WCW taken off, but that was more kind of smaller cruiserweight, cruiserweight you guys. Mero's quite built, and he's not being put in there with as a cruiserweight. He's in there against Isaac Yankum. He's going to be going against Triple H. He's, he's being put in there with... I want to, not like-minded people, but you know, it, it he doesn't feel out of place. His mullet and mustache looked a bit out of place. I thought that was a bit crap. But. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting again, a bit of a hangover from the Johnny B. Bad yeah. character. Uh the flying sunset flip, it's a bit nonsensical, but again, it was getting him over. Look at him. He's doing flips, he can punch, he's got a mustache. Uh and it's nice that the going straight into a feud of Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and I've put this raw already feels different. Yeah. Like you were saying. New Generation 2.0. But like you're saying, it's like, right, we don't care about Isaac Yankum. We've got plans for Helmsley. He needs uh, Helmsley Marrow. Fuck it. Mankind's here now. Fuck it. Mm. So, And I'm glad that, that Helmsley's sort of back in the circle immediately because obviously he lost to Warrior very quickly and there was a concern that he might just be sort of dismissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's, he's in there with Marrow. So let's, that's good to see. 96 is going to be very kind to Hunter Helmsley. Kind, but not... I mean... Bittersweet. In hindsight, it'll be kind. Oh. In hindsight, it'll be kind to Steve Austin. Which <laughs> is uh, more on that later. It'll be a bittersweet year for Hunter Hussalmsy, but in the grand scheme of things, it'll all make sense. Oh, it worked out even better. Right. Recap of WrestleMania 12. The Warrior is returning on Raw next week. Hooray! We're going to get a Warrior match next week or a showcase or something or other with Warrior. He's not here this week. He's back next week. Look forward <laughs> to that. We then get a quick hit. With Ed the Biker Begley. Now, Ed James Begley Jr. is an American actor and environmental activist. He appeared in hundreds of films and TV shows and stage performances, famously playing Dr. Victor Ehrlich in the TV series Saint Elsewhere. Okay. From 1982 to 1988. There was a few other things that he was I, in. I know the name Ed Begley Jr., but I couldn't place where. He's done that. I was like surprised by like his body of work. Because he's done a lot. Um, I said Begley Senior, um, which is a different guy. <laughs> now, interestingly, when I type in Ed Begley Jr., um, Better Call Saul comes up. Hmm. Uh, so You want to try and avoid spoilers? No, 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 no. I just didn't know whether he was in it or not. Huh. Apparently he was. Um, so in terms of his acting roles and stuff that you might know him from, um, what was he in of interest? Um, 
If you say platoon. <laughs> platoon! <laughs> uh, he was Fred Stickley, uncredited in Batman Forever. Um, yeah, yeah. Rene- he was Jack Martin, Renaissance Man. Mm. Um, he was Griffin in Amazon Women on the Moon in 1987. I'm probably doing him a great disservice. Everyone's going to go, oh my God, how do you not know Ed Burgley Jr.? Uh, he was himself in a few things. Um, he was Robert Anderson in Pineapple Express. I've seen it once. <laughs> Um, I don't know any of these films. You're not you. Armed response. What's your number? Time toys. He was in the Ghostbusters remake as Ed Mulgrave. He was in the Chips remake. Um, he was in the uh, TV series in 1967, My Three Sons, as Marv. Um, he was in the Bill Cosby show. We won't talk about that. Mm. Uh, he was in Happy Days as Hank. Mm. Like, a man who's done so much. Can't name much he's done. Uh, he's in Quincy a lot as uh, Kit Sawyer. <laughs> he was a, he, he was Flight Sergeant, Flight Sergeant Greenbean in Battlestar Galactica. Okay. Uh, he was Private Paul Conway in MASH. Right. He plays characters in, in Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo, his voiceovers, numerous ones. Um, <laughs> he's just done... <laughs> everything and nothing like, like all this he did a lot of voiceover stuff Captain Planet the Planet Ears he was Preston and the Zoning Commissioner fucking hell I really want to do this guy justice but he's just he's a, he's, he's a, he looks like he's done a phenomenal body of voiceover work yeah because I saw he's in Duckman there yeah Duckman Rugrats he was himself in The Simpsons twice have I just is that probably where I know him from then? No, being himself in The Simpsons or seeing his name just on credits? Possibly. So uh, I recognize the name. He was in Arrested Development. Oh, that's who? Stan Sitwell. Oh, I can't. I can't <laughs> <laughs> We're trying really, uh, trying really hard to, to, to get him nailed down here. Um, he was in The Sweet Life on Deck. No. Um, big Time Rush as himself. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f? Are you talking about you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff: shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. He was Aaron's biological father in The Office, the U.S. version. Okay. Are we getting any warmer? I've watched The Office through once can't remember he's done a lot of things um is he still alive uh i believe so well that's good <laughs> we're delighted to tell you 
that he is still alive. Let me just check if he is. Uh, yes, he's 72 years young. Go ahead, Ed Begley Jr. Okay, well done. But he is... <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he do well? Didn't he do well? Um, I'm sure he's made lots of money and had a lovely time. Uh, he's hosting a weekly World News April Fool special, and he is on Raw to plug it in a very weird way. So he's cycling around, seemingly looking for a nude barbershop. Unsure whether he has to be nude or if the barbers are nude. He then says, oh, by the way, we're doing a TV special after all that discusses the case of a stripper that killed a customer. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I just got here. Some ad for some show featuring some geek. <laughs> <laughs> Raw is sponsored by the US Army and Got Milk. Don't do them both at the same time. Uh, and we have our first appearance of the new tag team champions, the Body Donners. Ooh. They are defending their titles here tonight. We get a recap of the tag title match that was bumped to the free-for-all because Vince McMahon fucking hates tag team wrestling. Bastard. Always has done. Uh, Sonny flashed a bum, her best buns, to give the Donners the dub and the titles. And don't worry, we're getting a rematch between the Donners and the uh, other finalists in the tournament, the Godwins, on April the 20th at In Your House. During the Mania recap, you get actually hear they didn't dub over the Don't Go Mess With a Country Boy theme. No, they didn't, did they? Because no, I was just like, fucking, yeah. It's a fucking banger. I'm glad that's still in there. Uh, the camera starts with a close-up of Sunny's best buns that she won at the Slammies. She won the award at the Slammies, not the bottom. She didn't win her own bottom at the oh, Slammies. Oh, imagine winning a bum. <laughs> this, is, this is Joe. He's been homeless for 10 years. <laughs> you didn't go where I thought you were going to go with that. Nah, so that's I just good. Uh, that's, that's good. That's a bit good. of an M. Night Shyamalan twist there. Um, Barry and Aldo get the one-up on the Donners out of the gates. Shockingly, they do so. But a sneaky tag and a knee to the back followed by a double flag jack puts the champs in charge. Montoya eventually fights back, hits a lovely dive to the outside, yeah. tags in Horowitz. He knocks Zip out to the ring and rolls up Skip, and the commentators throw back to Barry Horowitz and Skip's feud yeah. by Vince going, I thought we were going to be chanting, Horowitz wins, Horowitz wins once again. But the, the distraction from Sonny allows Zip to get back into the ring and break up the pinfall and save Skip and their titles. Uh, the finish comes with the Donna rallying Skip hitting a Frankensteiner lovely and then Zip hitting a sit down senton off the top for the three it's the whoopee cushion the whoopee cushion, the whoopee cushion yeah. basically uh, Sunny promises her boys will stay the champs whether we like it or not a bit like the bulldog winning the intercontinental title <laughs> <laughs> uh, your thoughts on the, the tag title match result was never in doubt uh, good win for the champs nice to have them back on TV because we haven't seen the titles for a while we haven't seen any of the tournaments to be on Superstars and the WrestleMania pre-show crowd were a bit dead apart but they did get into it mm. um, like you were saying Aldo Montoya doing suplexes to the outside and cross bodies it was, ECW was just incredible versus Chris Candido wasn't yeah. it but um, <clears throat> decent Fine. Yeah. It felt, I think, on a night where we're sort of where there's been two big debuts that changed the shape of sort of the roster. This felt like a hangover from what was there before. Yeah, but it, again, they were just using this rather than the champs. They were using this to get Sonny over. Mm. I think Sonny was even carrying Chris Candido's title to the ring. At this point, if Vince could have got away with it, he would have made Sonny the tag team champion. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Same way for going into WrestleMania X8. If he could have got away with it, he would have made Stephanie McMahon the undisputed champion. Oh, 100%. Because <laughs> that was the feud. Yeah. Um, we'll talk about that in a few years' time. Bob Backlund's walking through the crowd, apparently on the campaign trail. 
and we never see him again. <laughs> and he's never referenced again. I put, please tell me we're getting Shawn Michaels versus Bob Backlund. Ooh. Because as soon as they have Bob walking around the crowd, we get told Shawn Michaels is up next. Mm. So there's part of me that went, what if Bob just comes to the crowd and puts the chicken wing on Sean? I go, oh, welcome to the, welcome to the big leagues. I have seen God. <laughs> welcome to <coughs> the mountaintop of omnipotence. <laughs> Fucking love Bob back. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, he doesn't. Your cardiac <laughs> love. What's the technical term for a heart? What's the technical? Cardiovascular child. Yeah. You are a cardiovascular child with the with the accolade that I require. <laughs> That's how we do a Bob Backlund versus Sean Whilst while screaming like a crow. Vince McMahon gives a throat-ripping introduction to the new WWF champion, Sean Michaels. He comes out in sequined chaps. A baseball cap that says WWF champion heartbreak kid. And of course, the WWF title belt. He's wearing full gear and a white cap. <laughs> yeah, somehow <laughs> one best dressed. He looked fucking stupid. The cap's a bit shit as it's, well, isn't it? Wearing a cap, I'm a fan of a cap. You, you you wear appropriate clothes. You don't wear leather entrance gear with studs and fastenings while necking random women in the crowd. Mm. It, um, yeah. <laughs> if you're just wearing merch shirt, tights or jeans and the cap, fine. I think if you're in a merch shirt, that's a kiss of death. For a promo, though. Yeah, I think I think any wrestler that wears a merch shirt, like a promo, like a merch shirt. When you say a merch shirt, in my head I'm thinking like a shirt with like the WWF logo. Oh on. no, no, as in one of his shirts. Oh, that's fine. like a, like a heartbreak kid shirt. Yeah, but then we have seen we saw the heartbreak shirt the other week, and that's fucking awful. Yeah, that is true. It's yeah. the one that's got like Vince like like heartbreak kid. Sean is so handsome. <laughs> He's won a match. <laughs> wow, what a swell guy. Swell guy. What a pro, ladies and gentlemen. What a pro. If I was a lady or a gay, I'd kiss him. <laughs> <laughs> that says along the back. That, that's that's Vince McMahon's thoughts. Unbelievable. Um, Vince Vince welcomes the champ to the ring. Uh, before we hear from the champ, he leads the crowd in a cheer for the hitman. Bit of love for the Bret Hart man. Mm. Uh, then we hear from the new champ who says, I have pranced on God's green earth and now I have danced in God's blue heaven. Is that a Vince line? <laughs> Sean, Sean's obviously a very, a very God-like man now. Now he wasn't here. No, he was not. And I just I thought it's a really uncool line. Yeah, I'm worried now that now he's the champ. Vince is going right now. I'm writing all of your bits. Say suffer and succotash. Same way that Diesel <laughs> kind of went from being the coolest man ever to coming out and going, "I'm here for the kids and the families." Hey kids, pay respect. <laughs> I'm a truck. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> kids, I'm a truck. Hello. The only way I can get people over, says Vince, is to write everything for them. Yeah. It's funny because um, last week the, uh, the the quarterly earnings came out and there was a bit in there that sort of warned shareholders that now Vince McMahon has stepped down that it might potentially harm the WWE. And, uh, and 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 I know that's not like that's not been written with shade for yeah, yeah, the yeah. new the new regime. It's more just to kind of manage expectations and set up for a worst case scenario. Yeah. 
So I know why they've done it, but I find it funny because then we watch these shows and like every time somebody becomes the champion, like they suddenly become the uncoolest person ever because Vince is now micromanaging everything they do. Yeah. And it's almost like Vince doesn't know how to be a cool kid in the 90s. Sean's in his gear and Vince's like, where are the cap, pal? And yeah. he's like, I mean, love caps. I remember gear's like, where are the cap? We'll sell a million. <laughs> tell, tell, tell people how brilliant the cap is. Anyway, <laughs> he thanks the click for the single greatest moment of his life, saying the people kept picking him up when he fell down last night. Are you sure? Because they were barely getting up themselves for half the match. Mm. Well-produced house show. Well-produced house show. Vince McMahon says, Jerry the King Lawler is coming for Shawn Michaels next. What the fuck? You're starting Shawn's title reign with a defense against Jerry the King Lawler. I didn't know this. Happened. Neither did I. I actually wrote... This is incredible. I just got here. Vince says Lawler's come for HBK in the title. Oh, fucking hell. I wondered why, like... He was giving it socks on comms all night about, oh, I've got a, a big thing planned for the champ next week. And I'm like, oh, maybe he's going to set like a new person on him. Maybe he's got like an interview segment with him and Diesel involved. No, no. Jerry Lawler is challenging for the WWF championship. Like if, if you would have said on the house show loop they were doing Lawler Michaels, I'd be like, fine. Yeah. That's... I know, like, I'm sure the match would be fine, but... Fuck me. It was, was he the Dolph Ziggler of the 90s? Like, ah, you've got a title now. Dolph Ziggler, first challenger. Oh, who would you have put against Sean here had not been Jerry the Dolph Ziggler? I would have just started the build to Diesel because they've already... Just immediately just crack on. Yeah, because they, they basically do in the rest of the promo. I'm sure you'll tell us in a second, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, Jerry Lawler next week. Jerry Lawler's coming for Sean. Okay. But the man doing commentary next week while Jerry's fighting will be Big Daddy Cool Diesel. This is the wrong way round. Uh, recap of Diesel attacking Michaels at the Madison Square Garden house show appears on the uh, the TV show. Sean says he wants to address that in a second, but first wants to give respect to Brett the Hitman Hart, saying he'll always be a champion and promises to wear the belt with the same pride that Brett did, but get the fuck out of the ring while I'm trying to celebrate with it. Same pride, says the man who opposed naked with it covering his dick. <laughs> <laughs> same pride with the man who said, tell him to fucking leave the ring, I'm going to pose. Yeah. To Bret Hart, who believes this is all real. <laughs> uh, Vince tries to move on the interview, but Sean cuts him off saying, <laughs> saying, Vin man, wait there. I've been waiting 11 years for this. You stand there and let me finish talking. Vin man. <laughs> Vin. <laughs> I never clogged. Vin man. Like Vin man. Duke, Duke, Josie, Vin man. Hey, Vin man. It is, it's Vince as a Vin man. Yeah. That's a lovely day. Bidding jokes to tell, don't do with that, just put it all in landfill. My, my Uncle Alan was a bit mad. Uh, he was brilliant. He used to pick us good shit out of the landfill. Uh, brought me on the lamp once. <laughs> I needed a bedside lamp. <laughs> and I don't know, I'm clock. I was always late for work. <laughs> Cheers, Uncle Alan. I didn't realise you could get a smelly lamp, but... <laughs> it always smelled like bin, though. Oh, a bit lamp. <laughs> oh, bin. Bin lamp. Oh. <laughs> Bass. Oh. <laughs> His house burnt out. <laughs> That's how all our really sad family stories end. His house burnt down. His house burnt down. His house burnt, His house burnt down. Um, what happened to him? I remember his house burnt. <laughs> um, so Sean is asked about Jerry Lawler, who challenges him next week. The crowd chant Burger King, goaded on by Sean. And Michael says the click are going to send Burger King back to his White Castle. Hey. Nice little reference there. We never got White Castle in the UK. No. 
They're like little burger sliders, aren't they? Yeah. In the White Castle. I've never been. Never been to a White Castle. I thought it was very special and very decadent. You'll appreciate this because you lived in Canada that time Mm. when Tim Hortons arrived in the UK. That was a good day. I haven't been to the UK, Tim Hortons. Have you not? What's the price like? Because the reason it's so popular in Canada is because it's fucking dare cheap. Ah, uh, they might ramp it up a bit. Yeah, because like a good donut it, is like 99 cents. Uh, and the Canadian dollar shit, so it's about 60p maybe for a really good donut. I think they pump it up from like Canada in special tubes. So yeah. I think that's probably it. But when it did come over, it was like, oh, Tim Hortons was like the nearest ones in Glasgow. And that's how I was living in Liverpool. I was like, oh, I'm not going to Glasgow. There's one in Manchester. There's one in Altrincham. Manchester. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Where did you sign on Altrincham? Altrincham. <laughs> if it's not Timpley, I don't care. <laughs> I don't mind. Isn't that isn't that uh, like a trampoline that you jump on? In a, in a, in a, it's a really small one. Yeah. It's a really small trampoline. You have to go on it with Frank Sidebottom. <laughs> uh, Sean is asked about Jerry Lawler, who challenged him next week. Burger King, White Castle, yada yada yada. He then moves on to Diesel. And here he casually drops the name of the next In Your House show, uh, saying, hey, look, Sean, like Diesel beat me up last time. He says that he and Diesel make good, good friends, friends, better enemies. What a pro, ladies What a pro, what a pro, what a pro. And in your house, he'll be eating some sweet chill music and the click will dance all over your face. To which everybody who watches along with this went, ah, that's the bit from the opening. Ah, yeah. Yeah. I thought, thought, was this just a catchphrase? Because I thought he's going to say he's going to dance all over his face. And I was like, oh, it must have been a catchphrase at the time. Forgetting. It's the intro to this very show. It's the intro to the opening. We've had a couple of the lines now from it. Mm. Uh, Nice promo from Sean, I thought, to get the rain started. It was, yeah, he showed a lot of charisma. I like the stuff of Vince. He was like, Vin, man. And Vince was like, oh, I love him. I love him. Bit of a mess, though. Because Vince was just like, Jerry Lawler with Diesel on commentary. And next week, you'll fight Jerry Lawler with Diesel on commentary. Yeah. And it's Jerry Lawler with Diesel on commentary. And Sean goes, yeah, Bret Hart, Diesel in your house. It's like, just go straight to Diesel. I think I think Sean was keen to get some love in for Bret. Yeah. But I think Vince moved the interview along a bit too quick. Yes. Uh, it's a live show, so they're very concerned about timings and stuff. But they'd be, as we'd see, the timings would seemingly be fine. I've got a little bit from The Observer. Oh, go on. So Dave had, because this, this one was live and we'll see, you know, they'll do tapings from it. So some of it is from this week. Some of it is from weeks to come. Uh, so after this section and before the section, Dave says, Shawn Michaels got a good reaction, but not as good as you'd think. There were a lot of negative posters regarding Michaels from Bret Hart fans, and WWF officials were confiscating them, and it was described to Dave as almost violently confiscating them. And I did see a few saying, no, Shawn Michaels, we love Bret, etc. It was the smarky fellas at the front. Mm. We could smell our own. But later in the tapings, Michael will do another in- Michaels will do another interview, and then off-camera appeared to lose it because he started saying, fuck you and blow me to the fans that were booing him. Oh, no. Dave says, he better realize quick the part of what goes with being the top guy is you gain enemies. Mm. But he's a natural heel. Gee. So he's piling a pop at the crowd when the, when the cameras are off. Yeah. Oh, Telling them to fuck off. I feel like a lot I'm of... not going to say I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> is this not what Dave Batista did when he won the Rumble? And like all the, there was meant to be like the conquering returning babyface heading into Mania, yeah, uh, Mania thirty, and everyone booed the fact that he won, and so he just starts flipping off the crowd. Yeah, because fuck for, you then. For years, I won. For years, I always thought Batista was a bit of a prick, and then 
I will ha- gladly say that I was wrong because he seems like such a nice guy. Mm. Does a lot for LGBTQ plus stuff. Uh, he seems like a decent fella. Did he shag Dana Brooke that time? Yeah, that was weird. I, that was lovely, that was. Here's where someone emails me saying, oh, you forgot about the time when he strangled a fox. I was like, oh, well, I'll take that back. But <laughs> <laughs> as far as I'm aware, Batista seems like a really nice fella. <laughs> I'll kill a fox and then I'll kill a badger. <laughs> Maybe in the lyrics. Uh, next week. Oh, sorry. Oh, before you go anywhere, own a part of history. They're selling Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart WrestleMania mat plaques. It says a piece of the canvas from WrestleMania 12 will be featured on it. However, the picture on the frame is Shawn Michaels hitting a crossbody on Sid. But don't worry, because that's fine. They haven't put the picture in yet. Because <laughs> they're, they're moving so quick. <laughs> They haven't put the picture in, so it's like, it's so, this is so shit. Because, like, they've got a picture of a Matt plaque, but they're going, hey, hey don't worry, you know, that's not the picture you'll get. You'll get a nice picture of Sean in it. We just haven't done it yet. <laughs> Gerald Briscoe runs a Max Spielman, just like, <laughs> develop it, you bastards. Need 4,800. So I like the fact that as soon as WrestleMania is. Uh, Finished. They were like, right, get the ring mat up, cut it into 4,800 bits, but we haven't got a picture of the match yet. <laughs> like, All right, okay. Mm-hmm. I thought of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, obviously, Doc Hendricks says that once they put the p- proper picture in there, you'll get a photo of Sean realising his boyhood dream next to a piece of the actual canvas. Doc Hendricks says, and I quote, take a look at it, roll it out, cut it up. Like, <laughs> that sounded like instructions for the ring crew rather than text for an advert. I thought it was, you're going to say Doc Hendricks was just a pile of cocaine. Just <laughs> He might have done a lot. <laughs> take a look at it, roll it out, cut it up. Cut it up. Ah, oh, bad street allergy. Off my tits in all USA. Uh, yeah, I don't know why. Take a look at it, roll it out, cut it up. What, do we do it ourselves? Yeah. <laughs> I thought you sent it to us pre-done, no? Really shit advert. They're obviously like, quick, let's get this. D-. I get it. Like, when we're now moving to a society where, like, we need all the things all the time. Quick, yeah. now, now, I want it now. I don't want to wait. So it's like, here's here's what it looks like, uh, but it's not our picture. And we'll cut the canvas out and put a picture in there. By now, it's not ready yet, but yeah. by now. I know very quick to get it done. I noticed during this, and they've done it a few times through this episode of Raw, Doc uh, calls this Iron Man match the greatest title match ever. And they, they're going with that. Oh, like, yeah. The greatest WWF ch- championship match of all time, blah, 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 blah. They do push that rhetoric yeah. quite a yeah. bit, don't they? Yeah. You could have just printed off, like with an HP desk chair, like a picture of Brett holding a belt. A screen grab from... You, I don't know. You could 1996. Have, yeah, I suppose it's quite difficult. They could have just put the WrestleMania poster. Yeah. You could have had stills from the match and then gone... Oh, the oh, it's, a Shawn Michaels 8x10, anything. You could have fucking taken a photo of Shawn with the belt. Yeah. And gone... Like, you've done that no, beforehand. Joe Briscoe, he's on his way to Snappy Snaps. So. I remember, yeah, take a picture of Gerald Briscoe going to Snappy Snap. <laughs> remember when Shawn Michaels won the title? Here's Gerald Briscoe in the local high street trying to get 48,000 photos <laughs> developed. Off the pictures in Snappy Snaps. Gerald is George Michael. Did <laughs> <laughs> I remember he crashed into Snappy Snaps that time? Was that where he crashed into? He crashed into oh, a Snappy okay. Snaps that time. I thought I'd missed some anecdote about uh, Gerald Briscoe and <laughs> George Michael. I was like, oh, okay. I remember. It was a Snappy Snaps. It was a Snappy Snaps. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, right? 
Uh, it was after the Snappy Snaps incident. <laughs> and um, George Michael was in the news again a little while later because he, he'd been taken to hospital. He wasn't well. Um, and I was listening to a local radio station and they're playing George Michael. And it was the day that they the, the news had reported he'd gone to hospital. And the presenter goes, uh, it's great to see that George Michael getting back to his old self after that incident at Snappy Snaps. Anyway, here's freedom on this radio station. I'm listening going, like they've just reported that he's gone to hospital. Yeah. And the presenter turns the mic up mid-song. Well, I've just heard that George Michael's been taken to hospital, so we wish him all the best. <laughs> Don't do that! Don't do that! In the middle of the chorus of freedom! Don't do that! Oh, we have Just to heard leave. that George Michael has been taken to hospital. No! <laughs> Don't do that, just... Either reflect on it after or just don't reference it. <laughs> should have doubled down afterwards and been like, yeah. yeah. He's oh. fine. Shut up. Best wishes to George Michael. His father figure. We're going to play nothing but George Michael's <laughs> <the> next time. <laughs> oh, gosh. What a day. Hey, another clip of Ed the Biker Begley Jr. Struggling to find somewhere to get his hair cut, I think. Uh, he says the map was given him by Lewis and Clark, not from Superman, but from the uh, the, the explorers that time. Yeah. He plugs the Weekly World News story about a thief who's so. Sm oh, that was it. He said, "Oh, he said I'm, I'm I should be able to get there fine because I've got me I'm on my bike and it's and it's lubed up." Hey, talking of lube, uh, how about a thief who's so smooth at cleaning you out? He also cleans up. Find out after all. What was this fucking what? Okay. Okay, I can't find anything about that in Ed Begley's bloody history books. Ridiculous. He just loves lube, doesn't he? He just loves lubing his bike for his own personal gain. Uh, next week, it's Shawn Michaels versus Jerry Lawler. Talking of lube. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. <laughs> oh, I'm going to... I see I see the, the neon lights to my left of Easy Gag Street... The neon lights are shining bright, and there is a, there's a, there's a, the petrol station that's open. I could go get a sandwich in, but no, I'm going to take this long winding road that seemingly leads to no town and carry on the show. <laughs> uh, next week, Sean and Lawler, Ahmed and Bulldog in an arm wrestling match. Fan <laughs> <laughs> me down now. <laughs> Talking a loop. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, plus they're bloody doing it. Yokozuna and Vader one on one. Yeah, they do it. Does, does 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 old Dave give any little insight into if it happens? I without giving too much away for next week. I didn't look into. Don't it. worry no, about it. We'll into find it. out next week. I'm just like I so, didn't. I didn't want to spoil it for myself. Really, I just fine. I just saw as I was scrolling down. I was like, oh, raw after mania, blah 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 blah. But I saw the words "fuck you" and I looked into it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's I always look into a "fuck you." Um, yeah, <laughs> but so that's happening next week, oh and I, I presume they're doing it because it's a taped show. And if it's shit, they can edit it up. Nice. Two quid says that there'll be no winner. Yeah, and it'll just be a non-finish. Ahmed everybody running will in. be on the verge of winning. Bulldogs goes, shit, it's all like, fuck off. Not doing it, not official. <laughs> no, call it a draw. Well done. Here's a voucher. Get yourself <laughs> get yourself some meat. What, which which, which uh, store does he give the voucher for? Uh, pork King. <laughs> Pork King! Oh, sorry. That was <laughs> there he is! There's Pork King. <laughs> There's a great statistic about WWE and arm wrestling matches, and I just want to just quickly sort of cite it before I go any further. Um, uh, how can I uh, sort by? So on WWE's YouTube channel, 
they list their most popular videos. And one of the most, and, and in terms of the most popular videos, the, the top maybe 15, there's at least three arm wrestling matches. Mm. So Braun Strowman versus Bobby Lashley from three years ago, 149 million views, uh, which is like the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth most popular video in WWE YouTube history. Jesus. Just behind John Cena and Mark Henry's arm wrestling contest. Wow. <laughs> And uh, there was another one that was a bit further down, I believe. Scott's that and Triple H. They have an arm wrestle. Uh, oh, no, no, then a playlist of WWE's over-the-top arm wrestling contest, which got 81 million. That's that's pretty high up there as well. I don't know what it is. People just really like arm wrestling. Um, you what's, what's the number one most viewed video? I was going to share oh, this. Oof. So Oof. the number one most viewed video right i'm going to give you some multiple choices on what it could possibly be okay. right okay uh is it a playlist of every goldberg match since his return is it randy orton giving stephanie mcmahon an rko and a kiss is it a brawl between john cena and brock lesnar that saw the the entire locker room empty or is it the top 10 in-ring proposals in WWE history? In-ring proposals. You reckon it's in-ring proposals? I whispered that. In-ring proposals, yes. It is not in-ring proposals. Oh, okay. That's, that is the second highest of all time. Jesus. 223 million views. The number one is Randy Orton giving Stephanie McMahon an RKO and giving her a kiss. 306 million views. You bunch of fucking perverts. <laughs> you weird... Do your own thing. <laughs> if if giving if giving a billion dollar uh, heiress to a company uh, an ace crusher is is your kink, then you do you, hun. But that is the uh, the highest rated video. So it's an episode of Raw. I remember the episode. I, of Raw. I remember the segment. Yeah. Give the RKO. Triple H is handcuffed to the ring to the ring corner, and Orton leans in, gives a little kiss on the cheek, and Triple H is like, Rah! "I'll get you in an underwhelming match at WrestleMania in a couple of weeks." And he and he did. Boy, he did. He did. Fun factoids. But yeah, arm wrestling matches seem to pop up quite a bit. Okay. They like an arm wrestling match. That is very strange. <laughs> Go finger. Anyway, we'll get one of those next week. Uh, Yokozuna and Vader, do we think that will happen though? I, I, I see them like, you know, I see them doing the whole, we'll get it done, in, we'll get it in the can. And then if it's shit, we can edit it'll, it It'll either do that or it'll be like, oh, well, it was meant to happen, but there was a backstage brawl. Yeah. They'll, they'll find ways around it. They'll get around it. We come to our main event, uh, the the world title, the WWE title match from uh, <laughs> from SummerSlam 2004. Uh, it is uh, Justin Hawk Bradshaw facing a very battered and bruised Undertaker. Now, throughout the night, whenever they mention this match, they talk about how haggard the Undertaker yeah. is. That's a big part of the sell for this match. Like the, the fact that Undertaker took a beating from Diesel the night before and he's not in a good way tonight. Uh, but Justin Hulk Bradshaw, with the opportunity of a lifetime, he's undefeated at this point. And Vince bloody loves Justin Hulk Bradshaw. He's been doing some good stuff on Superstars. Yeah. He's got Uncle Zebekiah in his corner. He's got a bit of a Stan Hansen type aesthetic. <clears throat> Even at one point he goes, Arr! and uh, Vince really loves him. And, and I think by this point, him and Undertaker are mates as well. Yeah. Like big boys from Texas sticking together. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they, 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 this constant emphasis about The Undertaker's uh, lack of full health 
explains how Justin Hawk Bradshaw was able to get the jump immediately and just start striking an Undertaker. Mm. <laughs> Undertaker mounts a comeback and Hulk, Justin Hawk Bradshaw hits a big old power slam in response. We've got a break with Bradshaw battering Taker as we go into the break. Uh, this is followed by the slam of the week, which is Piper getting rammed by Goldust Gulp Cadillac. So I found inside the ropes that I was talking about, because we were saying whether this was meant to happen or Oh, okay. Uh, Goldust wasn't meant to hit Piper with the car. Piper was meant to jump out of the way last minute. Oh. But instead, he dove on the bonnet, twatted his knee into the car and buckled his knee and then just clung on like a dying cockroach. <laughs> um, yeah, so I was reading into it. The reason Piper's hand was bleeding because we thought, oh, where's, where's he got blood from? <laughs> it was when he smashed in the windows of a baseball bat, cut open his hand. Vince had said to them, no blood. So Golda said, open me up hard way. Bit of blood. Get, get, you knuckle me on the eyebrow. So instead, Piper punched him flush in the forehead twice. <laughs> broke his hand on the second one. Goldust was concussed. Piper legit hit him with the baseball bat a few times, Golda said. Obviously, he would have pulled his punches with it, but still hit him. And he also said when he thinks he got concussed from when he got thrown into the dumpster because the dumpster didn't move. Oh. It was just like, I don't think it was like a gimmick dumpster. So These two just gave themselves a shoe in, basically. Amazing match. Amazing match. I love it. Good, yeah. It's yeah. good It's good sports entertainment fun. So, yeah, so apparently, yeah, Goldust uh, packed Roddy's name of a car. It's all good fun and games. Yeah. Uh, Undertaker's mounting a comeback after the break, only to eat a sidewalk slam. Bradshaw goes with something off the top, gets power slammed on the way down. It was lovely as well. Uh, he rallies with, what a clothesline! The as yet unnamed clothesline from hell, which will become his his patented finisher. The difference between a clothesline and a lariat? Clothesline is you hold the arm out and you stay on your feet. For me, a lariat is you swing as you do it. There is, yeah, that's you're pretty much there. Regal uh, did did describe the difference between a clothesline and a lariat, uh, and I wasn't prepared as I should have been. But Regal said, um, "Clothesline is something that knocks you down. A lariat is something that knocks you out." Yeah. So a lariat is like extra strong. Yeah. You know, to quite it, like uh, to any listeners out there, if you've never seen any Stan Hansen lariatos, just watch a compilation of them. They're fucking mean. Jesus Christ, he could have killed people. Uh, Bradshaw gets wiped out with a diving clothesline, then a choke slam, and then a tombstone for the win. Wait a minute! That's mankind from the opening match. What are you doing here? <laughs> Hi, Taker. Mankind <laughs> hits the ring, attacks the Undertaker. He's hardcore chants rain out as Mankind pummels the Undertaker on the outside of the ring, climbs onto the apron, runs and hits a diving elbow into the entrance walkway. The, cac the cactus elbow? Oh, he hits the cactus elbow onto Undertaker. We haven't seen anything like this on no. WWF, and it's great. And he's pig squealing as he does it. Pigs. Yeah, he gets the mandible claw on him, and he's squealing and squealing. The refs and the officials try and pull him away, and initially he goes, but then goes back, and he just keeps going back to beat up the Undertaker a little bit more. And Undertaker immediately moving on from... Diesel, oh, yeah. straight into this feud with this young Mick Foley, this young gun of the new generation 2.0. And oh my God, they are so perfectly matched. Like, Taker's out. He's foaming at the mouth. Like, Mankind didn't get the mandible claw on properly. Like, it was a half-assed version, but he covered it up and he's going... Undertaker's foaming at the mouth, KO'd. He keeps going, oh, fucking great. So good. And what a way to establish this new character as a terrifying new threat. 
Rather than be like, oh, we'll give him Holly this week, we'll give him Duke Drozzi next week, we'll give him one of the Godwins. Like, no, he's going for Undertaker. And Fuck he's it. not just going for Undertaker, he just battered the Undertaker. Battered him. Obviously, they have the get out that, A, Undertaker's injured from Diesel. He's just had a hard-hitting match against Justin Hall Bradshaw. But still, Mankind getting those licks in on Undertaker, and Undertaker getting nothing back on him. I wonder if they'll ever have any uh, hard-hitting matches. Oh, is this, uh, we've only just begun. Uh, but we have just ended Monday Night Raw. Your thoughts on Raw this week? Really good show. I loved it. Really good show. Like, uh, Mankind debut was perfect. Mm. Mark Merrill looked good. Fresh feuds. Fresh faces as well. Not even just in the case of, like you said, new people. Other people were shown. Yes, you had Undertaker on there, and you had Sean. But there's no Brett, no Yoko, no Vader, no Bulldog, no Owen, no Diesel, Obviously, Razor's gone. No Goldust, no Warrior. So on the no Ahmed. So on this episode, it was just like, those people are coming, but here's some of these other people. Mm. Have a look at these. And here's got new people to populate the the roster. Good hands in the mid-card. Some good hands in the mid-card. Some great hands in the mid-card there. Uh, yeah, but the, again, I say it every fucking week. Definitely a further step away from the new generation, even if the WWF doesn't fully realize it yet. They're still going the new generation tagline. I don't know if it was this arena as well, but the house lights seemed a bit darker. Mm. And after we were saying yesterday about the hard cam, and I was saying sometimes they'd have it on the wrong side, this was one of those episodes where they had the hard cam on the wrong side. Ah, and you could tell because sometimes some of the things were the wrong way. Yeah. Again, whether some people hadn't been equipped to know that the, the hard cam was the wrong way. Like in the tag match, the heels were at the top, mm. which is usually where the faces are, and the faces were at the bottom. And then I went, oh, the hard cam's on the wrong side. Uh, but it, yeah. it just, I don't know if because I know what's coming, I'm looking for things and going, oh, well, this is different. And it probably isn't. Mm. But it did feel it. And it was really strong episode for the Raw After Mania. It felt like it was... Uh, like a wiping of the slate. Yes. If like a fresh start for everybody. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And, and here's to... Onto in your house, good friends, better enemies in a couple of weeks is what we're building to, and the start of a wonderful new generation, like a good new generation, yeah, era, like yeah. one that we're, I'm actually very excited to look into. Um, so when we say in that the new generation ends, then we're we saying it ends at King of the Ring, or does a Peter on for a little bit? I think the new generation ends maybe maybe around King of the Ring. I don't feel like it's new generation by mind you saying that. I'm sure at SummerSlam, we get some new generation bollocks. Do we not have like the SummerSlam beach party? Oh, maybe. With like TL Hopper. We haven't had TL Hopper yet. <laughs> no, we haven't. Wrestling plumber. Mm. So I don't think we're out of the woods yet completely. There's certainly some, some, some light chinking through. Yeah. We're not quite out of the woods yet. Oh, we, yeah. We've got like Rocky Maivere and the Sultan and stuff to come. Oh, fuck. Gladiator of the future's got to come as well. Shit, yes. We've got some bollocks to come. We have got some bollocks. Do not fret. We yeah, have got okay. some bollocks to come. Uh, do you have any bollocks to come that you can talk about? <sighs> Phrasing, Tom. Um, I knew what I meant. I stand by no, it. No, just it's the same old stuff because um, obviously we're both going on holiday soon, so we're trying to figure out what's going on. 
We certainly are. So yeah, so we're we're getting some episodes in the can. Hopefully, you won't notice too much of a difference. Yeah. In terms of while we're away, uh, the the mice will still play. Uh, so you'll have some episodes in the can from us. I think be- we'll do it before you and I go. Yes. I think we get you on Desert Island Grabs. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little treat while people are away, and if they're missing us, yeah, we got a nice little Tom Campbell, Jack Atkins, Desert Island Grabs that probably go nine hours. Yeah. So we'll do that. So we'll get that in the can at some point. Yeah. I think. Okay. Uh, this week on Desert Island Grabs. Fraser Porter is hosting his first episode. Mm. So last week, Fraser Porter was the guest on Desert Island Graps. This week, he leads an episode, and you're like this. I don't know whether he's told you this. Uh, the guest for Desert Island Graps this week is star of The Room, Greg Sistero. Oh! Hope I pronounced that surname right. Uh, he's a massive wrestling fan. Yeah. And Fraser was like, I had a chat with him about it, and he wants to come do the show. So I was like, hey, you know what? I could do this, but I think you'll do it justice. Yeah. More so than I will. So go for it. Fill your boots. Take over for a week. Superb. So a special room wrestling crossover episode of Desert Island Graps yeah. on Wednesday, which I am bloody excited to He's hear. a good lad, Fraser Porter. Yeah. I, I saw him this morning, and, and I gave him like a little pat on the head as an apology for slapping him in the face in public. <laughs> but then again, you know, he came in as, you know, the the T-boy, you know, cleaning up toilets and stuff, and there he is, leading Desert Island Graps, and I've got to be stuck with the fucking manager's list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know what I don't know what will happen when you finally finish that manager's list. I've I was talking with Aiden with it before because he just laughs because I just said then I'll go oh for fuck's sake I forgot some cunt um, and I've just <laughs> oh some cunt I believe he was, yeah, uh, he was the manager for the Quebecers that time he was yeah you get someone who's like oh he's manager two times on Heat and it's like oh no one cares about Heat <laughs> count someone will um, but I've just, I've just decided like I'd said to. Pachiti, because I was saying, oh, there's another thing that I've had green lip buying, but you said finish managers first. I'm, I'm, I'm what if this is like your Mozart's Requiem? Oh, God. Well, I think... But I, you die before it's finished. I think I am just going to take a few days away from it and just do this other thing anyway. Because I need I need a little mid-list break. Like yeah. I said to you, when I was doing the WrestleMania one, and I just decided off my own accord, I'm just going to do an ECW list for a week because I need... Just a break yeah. from the from the, the humdrum. Yeah. So I might do this other thing for a few days and I'd be like, ah, great. Like not to give away any positions, but this morning I wrote about Tory, who I had to explain to Aiden who Tory was. He was like, Oh Tory Wilson's like, No, Tory. Oh R. I Tory. Yeah. Mm. And he was like, Who's Tory? He's like, Kane's girlfriend. Yeah. I was like, She was in DX. And he was like, Oh. She went, Hey, I like Kane. He's got a big knob. <laughs> Ooh. Oh uh, no, I tell a lie. She went, Hey. Uh, X-Pac, you're saying Kane's got a big, a little knob, or you've got a little knob, and Kane's there going like, you didn't deny that I didn't. <laughs> and X-Pac's like, I've got a flamethrower, though. Yeah, Woo. He did, actually. And I was writing about, like, El Torito, and I was just like, oh. <laughs> I was like, just just give me, just give me, like, oh. Because I've, I've tried and write them in order, from shit to good. So, spoiler alert, the good ones are, like, Jimmy Hart, Paul Bearer, Paul Heyman. Tory. Tory. El Torito. Jerry Lawler. Uh, so uh, it's knowing that they're there. Mm. I've got to get through. You're, just like, you're, you're now at the point where you are at the point now where metaphorically you've started tidying your room and you're three quarters of the way through it and you're like, why did I even start? Yeah. Like, this is just still lots to do. Yeah. And you're at the point now where you just want to shove everything back in a cupboard. Yeah. 
<laughs> We've all been there, brother. The cupboard of arse. Well, I'm glad that I've dragged you away from it for at least one hour and 40 minutes, which is what we have done today. Oh, bloody hell. That's, that's 10 minutes over our par. It's fine. No one, <laughs> no one minds. No one minds. The SmackDown review went two hours last week. It's fine. I, I shudder to think what's going to happen both for your sanity and our vocal cords when Nitro goes three hours. Oh, my God. Raw goes two hours with the occasional three hour. Well, we're going to... I will I will cross that bridge when we get closer to... Yeah. I feel like we'll... I will fi- we'll figure it out. It'll yeah. be fine! It'll be fine! Hopefully by that point, ACAS will allow me to schedule more than one mid-roll ad. Um, <laughs> that's, not, that's not why we do it. It's part of why we do it. Uh, we'll be back next week for more. Until then, he is at Brat Atkins on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. We are at Classic at Cultaholic.com on the email. And together we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Lube it up. Love you. Bye. <laughs>